You're listening to a podcast of the Sunday morning message from Grace Christian Church in the city of Cork on the beautiful south coast of Ireland. We hope and pray that it will be a blessing to you. Thank you, guys. Praise God. So it really is good to be back. We've been here the last couple of uh, Tuesdays, but Denise and I were traveling and last uh, Week We were with about 20 different churches up north in the north of Ireland, in the Belfast area, and then we were in Dublin also. And I suppose as I begin this morning, because it kind of feeds in with the message before I begin po- uh, properly, um, I th- I've never really said this before in all the years of the church, but it needs to be said. And that is that people are fascinated by what God is doing here. And I think if, like me, you're coming along regularly, you kind of, it doesn't occur to us. But whatever God is doing here, and whatever God is doing among us, and with so many people coming to faith and putting their trust in Jesus Christ, and so many people getting baptized, and so many people uh, joining, and God doing a great work, and for the church to grow the way it has grown, this is almost unknown in the Republic of Ireland. And with the deepest of respect, I say, when so many traditional churches are emptying, People are finding it hard to understand why churches like this are filling up. And so we've had people from some of the really big traditional churches come and either meet us or slip in. And they're trying to understand and it's like they can't articulate what they feel. And you know sometimes when you're dealing with a system that has been corrupted or just isn't connecting with people, it starts to die. But when the Spirit of God is moving, and where the Spirit of God is, what do you find? Liberty. Liberty. That's what the Bible says. So all over Northern Ireland, and all over Ireland, and overseas, people are saying, what is happening there? How is this going on? And... They really are fascinated, and I think it's important that we just flag that up. The glory goes to God. The glory goes to the hundreds of volunteers who are working here because we are a team. Hallelujah. And the Lord is doing so much among so many people. But it would be wrong of me, and it would be almost like a lie. Uh, Not to say it, because I'm hearing this for years and I never say it. And you know what? I'm kind of getting too old not to be saying things that are being said. So that's what's happening. So people are fascinated and you will see people visiting here a lot. And they're coming from other churches all over. And they just want to see people like you. What's your story? Why are you investing your time in something so spiritual? When the culture we live in laughs at people who believe in God. But God's not dead. He's alive. Hallelujah. So that's where we've been. And we had a great time um, ministering and preaching and getting to know churches all over Ireland, north and south. But, um, you know, there's an old saying in the Irish language, and it, the saying goes, Nilain tintan, mar de hintan fain. And that, that old saying basically means, there's no fireplace like your own fireplace. In other words, there's no place like home. So it is so good for all of us to be back here today and to really just connect again and see your faces and meet new faces and just enjoy God's presence here. So I want to welcome Cafe Church. They're watching us live uh, uh, on the live stream downstairs. Today is what we call Volunteer Sunday, and it's one of the main days in the year where we just tell you the opportunities that are there for you to get more involved if you're in a position to do that. And I'm just going to begin, before I preach, I'm just going to begin by asking Cafe Church and also asking up here in the media just to play a short video to give you a flavour of what life is like in the church from a volunteer's perspective. Thank you, Ben. Thank you, Cafe Church. Look down from a broken sky 
Traced out by the city lights My world from a mile high Best seat in the house tonight Touchdown in the cold black top Hold on for the sudden stop Breathing the familiar shock of confusion and chaos All those people going somewhere Why have I never cared? Give me your eyes for just one second Give me your eyes so I can see Everything that I keep missing Give me your love for humanity Give me your arms with the broken hearted The ones that are far beyond my reach Give me your heart for the ones forgotten Give me your eyes so I can see Yeah 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 Step out on a busy street See a girl in our eyes meet Does her best to smile at me To hide what's underneath There's a man just to right Black suit and a bright red tie Too ashamed to tell his wife He's out of work, he's buying time All those people going somewhere Why have I never cared? Give me your eyes for just one second Give me your eyes so I can see Everything that I keep Thanks guys I know human nature And I know some of you are switching off already But I have a very deep instinct When people switch off And I can focus into the very seat so if anyone dares go to sleep in here, I'm going to get you. <laughs> anyway, welcome to Cafe Church again. Good to have you join us and good to have you with us. Uh, you can throw up the presentation there, Ben. Thank you. I want to talk today about what I'm calling, who do you think you are? This goes way beyond anyone volunteering, though volunteering is a very practical way of finding it out. But this is coming to your identity and to who you are and what all of us are doing on this planet. Why were we born here? What's life all about? Well, maybe we can find out a little bit as we look at the scripture. So on Volunteer Sunday, I'm going to be looking at 1 Samuel 17. And I think almost everybody here knows the story of David and Goliath and how David, a young lad of about 16, killed a big, huge, hairy giant of a man called Goliath. But I want to look what happened before he did that. And I want to look at a conversation that he had, that you have, and that I have. And how with great wisdom and with the Holy Spirit's anointing upon him, he was able to maneuver himself through a very negative conversation from an older brother. What is it about older brothers in the scripture? So many older brothers have such a bad press. And I'm an older brother in my family, but I have a good press. Hallelujah. We're going to look at a conversation and how he dealt with it and just see where we're coming from ourselves. So the context is, I'm going to dive straight in in 1 Samuel 17. We're going to put all the scriptures up on the screen if you're new here and you can read it along in a moment. But David is 16 and he's working for his dad. His dad's name is Jesse and he's a shepherd boy. And there's a war going on between the Israelites which were the people of God, and the Philistines, which were the enemy. They were evil. And David's three older brothers, as with all families, were in the army. You gave up your older sons to the army. And David is asked to go and bring food there. So this is where we're going to dive in to God's word. And I pray, Holy Spirit, fire would be in our souls as we hear your word. And we would not be falling asleep. We would be wide awake to what God is doing in Cork today. And oh God, we know you have a place for all of us. Inhabit our hearts right now in Jesus' name. Amen. The Philistines gathered to fight the army of Israel. 
And they had among them a giant called Goliath. Now David's father Jesse had said to him, Go to the battlefield and bring this food to your three older brothers. When David arrived at the battlefield, he saw and heard Goliath mocking the Israelites. So he spoke with the Israelite soldiers there. Now when Eliab, David's older brother, oldest brother, saw David speaking with the soldiers, he burned with anger. Why are you here? And what have you done with those few sheep you look after? Who do you think you are? You only came down here to watch the battle. I know how proud and how wicked you are. Mm, I'd say a bit of attention entered in there. What do you think? <laughs> what have I done wrong? David said. What, what have I done wrong? And then he turned to someone else and continued encouraging the men. And then, because of this, he was overheard, David was called before the king to explain what he was saying. And this is summing up what he said. Let no one lose heart on account of that Philistine. I will go and fight him, he said. And the king said to David, go. And the Lord be with you. So may God bless his word to our souls. I, I, I love this. This to me is like it's happening now. This isn't some ancient history. This is, this is living. Because you and I are facing situations like this every day of the week. And even if we forget about anything spiritual for a second, there's going to be people at work or in your class or in your family, or on your street. And they're going to try and stop you being the man or the woman God has called you to be. Of course they are. So we can learn so much about how David handled this. So when we're told that his father said to him, go to the battlefield, bring this food to your three brothers. Well, it was up to the family to feed the soldiers. It wasn't up to the nation of Israel to feed the soldiers. It's not like join, joining the Irish army and going up to the Curra and getting your chicken curry every day or whatever. The family had to send the food in. This was a collective effort. There was no state that paid you. And so it was up to the families. And let's remember the context of this. David is in this situation because he was obeying the father. And sometimes when we are the most faithful in our lives and the most obedient to the Holy Spirit, we suffer the greatest opposition. So David is doing the right thing. But when he gets there, we're told in verse 23, when he arrived, he saw and he heard. What did he see and what did he hear? Well, first of all, he saw how discouraged the army were. So the Israelite army are you. We're, we're the Israelite army as it were today. These were the believers fighting the battle. So they were discouraged. He saw this. And then he heard this fellow Goliath mocking God and mocking the people of God. We went into a church not too long ago, Denise and I, and honestly, my heart went out to them. They were so discouraged. It's like they'd gotten blow after blow after blow. And as a community, as a church, they were just discouraged. It's like they didn't have the strength within them to go on. They were just going through the motions. And some of us are like that individually. And maybe you're like that here this morning. Because you're trying to do the right thing. But you're being mocked. Or you're being laughed at. Or someone is coming against you. And they're saying stuff that they should never say. And maybe you're like all this Israelite army. You're discouraged in yourself. Because it's hard. 
So David, remember now he's only a teenager. It's like one of the young lads in tribe. Actually, if you ever peek through the glass of the door there, you should see these teenagers worship at Happus One today. Hallelujah. See young fellas the same age as David and young girls with the same fire in their heart. But David saw and David heard. You can go into a church. You can go into a home. You can meet someone for coffee and you can pick up the same vibe from them. So David had faith in his heart, but he saw and he heard, and it wasn't good. It wasn't good at all. How many people here? I'm just going to ask for a show of hands, just so that we'll get an idea. How many people here have been in a situation where God was mocked, and you were there, and you saw it happen? Here? Whoa. So that seems to be well over half of us by the look of the hands. Okay. So those of you who put up your hands know what it's like. It hurts even more when someone, Michael was talking about it on Tuesday night, when someone just takes the name of Jesus in vain. They just use it as a curse word. They use it as if it's just a packet of cigarettes that you throw away. They use it so flippantly. And some people, when they take the name of the Lord in vain, and they say the name of Jesus Christ in a way that they shouldn't say it, they say it with venom and passion. And with some people, I go, there's something evil in you. Because it's demonic. Some of it is demonic. And I'm telling you, there was a couple of demons floating around Goliath as he was mocking the armies of Israel. And then there's David bringing food to his older brother, older brothers like you do the right thing. And he's obeying the father like you do it. And he's not causing any trouble. And what we read is he started to encourage some of the soldiers. But look what happens. Then his older brother Eliab said to him, why are you here? Who do you think you are? I know you are wicked, etc., etc." I bet you anything and I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, that there's a whole bunch of people here today and somewhere in the back of your mind or somewhere on your journey, the evil one has said to you, why are you here? You hypocrite. I don't know, I get that. Why are you here? Who do you think you are? And you know something that I love Ireland. I love my nation. I'm very comfortable being an Irishman. I speak the language. I love the music. I miss. But I tell you, this is what I don't like about Ireland. And this is what I don't like about our culture. Sometimes we're too nice to stand up to rubbish. And sometimes we're too polite. And sometimes when someone comes against you, when the enemy comes against you, you just got to say, get behind me, Satan. And in my pastoral experience, other nationalities are far better at doing that. And that many of us as Irish, we bring that baggage with us into our spiritual life. And it's like, well, I couldn't be saying to the devil, no, to get behind me. Say to the devil, get behind me, Satan. Forget your politeness. That doesn't work spiritually, in your walk with God, just rebuke the enemy. Amen? Amen? Who do you think you are? I know you are wicked. So picture yourself at work or picture yourself in the family and someone is like this to you or in the neighborhood or in school or college and you're getting all of this. Here's how I would react naturally. I would take him on. And not only would I take him on, I would go through all of his accusations and start answering them one by one. And you know what? I'd have lost. How did David respond? David says, what have I done wrong? And he did say one more thing. Can't I even talk? And then he never answered his questions. He never said, well, I'm here because daddy told me to be here. And I'm here bringing food for you. And I'm here and I'm just trying to encourage. No. What was David saying? In effect, what was David going? Hashtag, whatever. Hashtag, whatever. 
someone attacking you for doing the work of God. Who do you think you are? I get it here regularly. What's your qualification? Who do you? Sure, you're not a real church. You're a pastor. What's a pastor? Did you get ordained up? Whatever. Hashtag whatever. Anyone say amen? amen. Whatever. I love what Nicky Gumble says. He's the guy who's big with the alpha movement. And Nicky Gumble basically said, don't ever explain yourself. Your friends don't need to hear it. And your enemies won't believe you. Someone is against you. You could be talking all day long. Well, I came here now because Father sent me around. Be talking all day long. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Amen. Blah, blah, blah. You said it, sister. You just got the gift of the gab. Did you kiss the Blarney stone? <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Your friends don't need to hear it. And your enemies won't believe you anyway. If you're on God's business and someone comes up to you, whether it's the devil or whether it's someone human, do a hashtag, whatever, whatever. You see, the thing is, David, and we're told because David then immediately turned to someone else and continued encouraging the men. He kept on doing what he knew the Lord had called him to do. So to go back to hashtag whatever, number one, David didn't sink to his older brother's level. If someone at work comes up and starts tearing your character apart the worst thing you or I could do is start tearing their character apart don't sink to their level would anyone else say amen? amen so David never sank to his level he didn't burn a bridge with his older brother for the future no I'm sure he was human like you and me and I'm sure he felt like breaking his face but he didn't burn a bridge with his older brother for the future. And if you read on, we don't hear any more of Eliab after this, except we do read a couple of years later, guess who is following his younger brother, only this fella Eliab. So David continued to show courtesy and respect in a good way. He just didn't sink to his level and he didn't burn the bridge and David did not compromise his conscience I know it's like bursting out of your mouth to take a fella like that on but honestly keep your peace with God hmm? keep your peace with God keep a clear conscience he didn't compromise his conscience and finally and this is really important on volunteer Sunday he didn't allow this attack to distract him from the work God had called him to do. I remember years ago, the church was quite new, and there was a guy in the church, and he wasn't happy in himself, and I remember he used to go through kind of, you know, seasons, and sometimes he'd be in great form, and then every now and again, he'd get very negative with everyone around him, and I remember he got very negative about everyone in the church, and I said to myself, I'm going to have to take this guy on. This isn't, I remember Denise was saying to me, be very careful. You're going to go down a cul-de-sac with this argument. And you'll end up down that cul-de-sac. He said, she said, they said, he said. And you're not going to get anywhere. Because there's no logic going on here. It's all emotion. It's all hurt. And hurt people hurt people. Don't they? If I'm hurt, the chances are I'm going to hurt Denise or my family. So I, I need to be careful, and you and I need to be careful. Hurt people, hurt people. So don't go down the cul-de-sac. David never went down that cul-de-sac. He continued to encourage the men. He encouraged the soldiers to have a bit of faith and that they could kill this fellow Goliath and that God was not to be mocked and the Lord was fighting on the side of the army of Israel. So David continued with the real work. If you haven't volunteered, and we have well over 250, I think it's more like 270 volunteers in the church. Isn't that wonderful? No, I'm sure many of you volunteer, but how about we all give a round of applause to everyone who volunteers? Because we wouldn't be here 
Let me give you an example. Hidden volunteers. The guy doing the media right now, Benjamin Beck is his name. He's looking down. He's doing media. He also does cleaning. Nobody sees him cleaning. Nobody sees him doing the media. How about that man gets a round of applause and respect? You see, it's easy if you're like me and you're kind of up on the stage and everyone sees you. But you know what? If Benjamin wasn't willing to volunteer, I couldn't do what I'm doing. None of us could. David did not go down a cul-de-sac and David kept faithful to what he was called to do. And as we saw, he continued encouraging the men. And what happened at the end of that? He was overheard and it was reported back to the king. And then we're told David was called before the king. And you can read it yourself. Remember to really get the most out of the sermons here at church. You need to read the whole chapter yourself in your own devotional time with the Lord. Read 1 Samuel 17 and you can see everything that happened. We just have the opportunity to whet your appetite if, you, if we will. And it's really for yourself to self-feed spiritually. But you and I will be called before the King of Kings. Hallelujah. If we have found our purpose in life, and can I suggest, and I say it with respect, if you've got a great career, praise God, but that is not your purpose. Your career is a means to an end. If we buy the lie, and everyone out there screams it, that just have a great career and that's it. You were made for something greater than just having a great career. There is eternity in your soul. You wouldn't be in a place like this if you didn't recognize that. God has an eternal purpose for all of us. And when we find our purpose as individuals, as believers, there is such a liberty in that and we come before the King of Kings. Remember, there's a very clear, I'm not going to go into it, it's a whole other study. There is a very clear teaching in scripture about rewards in heaven based on the work we do on earth. Not our salvation. Salvation is free. Anyone say hallelujah. hallelujah. We don't have to earn our salvation, but heaven also has rewards. And the more we serve God, greater will be your reward. So how about you and me put a bit of spiritual money in the bank of heaven? There's a, a mortgage broker company, I think it's part of AIB, um, and they give out mortgages. And years ago, a guy in the church who didn't have English as his first language had just bought a house. And I said to him, where did you get your um, mortgage from? And he's a laid back guy and he said, the bank of heaven. I said, the bank of heaven? <laughs> Did somebody give you money? Yes, the bank of heaven. Oh, I said, I'd love to know that bank. <laughs> but of course, he meant haven. Okay, haven mortgages. So, <laughs> If anyone does know the bank of heaven... <laughs> That's by the way. His purpose as a 16-year-old boy was to encourage others. In literally give courage to all these soldiers. And they were all older than him. But he had something of God in him that he couldn't but encourage the men. And when he was being pulled back by the older brother and accused of everything, hashtag whatever. I'm getting on with the work God has called me to do. You see, our purpose is so important, guys. In fact, one of the high priests of the atheist movement, and he's still veneered, he's dead now, but his name is Bertrand Russell, and he said, unless you assume God exists, the question of life's purpose is meaningless. And this is one of their big Names. He's a celebrity among the growing group of people who call themselves atheists. There is no God until they get cancer. There is no God until they lose their job. There is no God until their relationships break down. And their own high priest said, if you don't assume God exists, you really don't have a purpose in life. Hallelujah.
I declare everyone here has a purpose in life. Amen. And part of that purpose is how we serve the Lord. One of the guys I met, we met last week, one of the most intelligent men I've ever met with a fantastic ministry. He comes from Honolulu. He's an author and pastor, Jason Singh. And he says, in your purpose is your power. And I thought, how true that is. Because when you are walking in the will of God, there is a blessing on your life. When you are in the center of God's will for your life, there's an anointing. And there's a, a peace. And there's a sense of God's favor on us. Even though there may be hard things happen. In your purpose is your power. You might say, I've got four children. I have barely time to blow my nose. I know. Or you might say, I'm traveling all the time at work. My career is not my purpose, but I, I understand. This isn't to beat anyone up, and this is not to make people feel uncomfortable. Please, if your life situation is like that, there is no hassle. But I will say this to you. It won't be like that forever. The day will come when your children will be older. The day will come when you won't have to travel all the time at work. What then? Do you know what I've learned and I've heard said? Do you, know, do you know what Satan will always try and do to us with anything? Satan will never say, say no to God. See, nobody here is going, okay, the ball fella is all worked up up there. But um, no, no matter what you think, you're not going to say, well, I'm going to say no to God today. Amen. Nobody's going to say that. But you know what the devil will put into our hearts and souls? Uh, not today. Have a think about it later on. Don't, don't commit today. You know one of the most spiritual words in the Bible? No. No. Now is the day of salvation. Delay costs lives. Delay costs lives. If the guys running the ambulance said, and they get an emergency, they go, you know what, I'll do it tomorrow. A person could be dead. Delay costs lives. So the enemy will never, he is far too cunning or as we say in Cork, he's far too cute. Remember the word cute in Cork doesn't mean pretty, it means cunning. Okay, so if, if you're from another country and you come up and say to, I, I don't know, a young lady in the church and go, you are so cute, she will be offended. And brother, if you're a young man and you say, you're really cute, she's going to clatter your face. Cute means cunning. The enemy is so cute, he is so cunning. He will never tell you and me to say no. He'll just get us to put it on the long finger. Because as Shakespeare said, tomorrow never comes. Always kicking the can down the road. About making a decision to follow Jesus Christ and give our lives to him. And maybe that's you today. Or maybe just going a step deeper in our faith. And obeying God. He'll always get us to just put it on put it on it is so important that you and i have a rhythm in our lives all over the bible we see rhythm we see routine if we don't have a routine we have chaos we have chaos and if you look at scripture there were seven days uh, why weren't there eight i think there should be ten no there were seven and on one day you gave it to god we'll say amen you rested from the everyday and you gave that day to the Lord. And we see seasons and we see the festivals, the holy convocations in ancient Israel. And again and again, we see the routine coming in. We see the sowing in the spring and the harvest in the autumn. We see the routine. If we don't have a routine of going to church regularly, guess what? Nobody says, I will never go to church again, that's it. The devil is too cunning. We'll just go, mm, I won't go this week, I'll try and go next week. And you know what? Next week becomes next month. Hmm? And next month becomes next year. And before you know it, three and a half years later, you haven't opened your Bible, you haven't been to church, you haven't done nothing. And guess who's pleased with that? And it's not the Lord, it's the devil. Second price for you. Second time you got it right. Second time. So who are you? 
probably the most profound question anyone can ask you. Who are you? Can I suggest that as part of our answer, here's some of the descriptions. I'm a Christian. I'm a follower. I'm a friend. I'm a servant. I'm a helper. If, if you honestly think, and, and I am also, I'm a husband, I'm a father, I'm a grandfather, I'm, I'm all these things. And that's part of what God has for me, and I, and I love it. But my purpose is different. And if you think that just being a wife, or just being whatever, is your purpose, no, you're called to deeper than that. And remember, David and we quote his older brother, was just minding a few sheep. And then he went on to kill the giant. You know the story, you know the narrative. If you're faithful in a little, you'll be faithful in much. Remember the guys with the talents. They used the talents they were given, and then the Lord or the master doubled their talents. If you're faithful in a little, You'll be faithful in much. Even more will be given unto you, the scripture says. So brothers and sisters, have you got a routine? Part of our routine, for those of us who take our faith seriously, should be, if our life allows it. Now, I appreciate if you've loads of kids and all of that, or if your health isn't good, I know that. But honestly, if we take our faith seriously, we should be giving in some way. We really should. And that's what today is about as well. It's not, oh, we really need to get people to do that. No, we want the people coming to this church to be fulfilled as Christians. Not just to sign a piece of paper somewhere saying, I believe in that. Belief is, is only half the journey. What you do with that belief is the rest of the journey. It's, I'm not just this. I'm willing to give some of my time, some of my energy some of my thoughts, some of my heart to serve the Lord. And you might think that, you know, that, that's making you uncomfortable. I'm not here to make anyone uncomfortable. But I will close with this last scripture. I appeal to you. This is Paul, the hero of the New Testament. Brothers and sisters, present your bodies as what? A living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. What's he saying there? He's actually saying, what he's saying is that in the early New Testament church, someone who just was totally anonymous, never connected with anyone, just took all the time, that was kind of unknown in the New Testament. If you followed Jesus, you served him. And again, I appreciate some of you may not be in that position, but can I challenge you? Because we are a church that believes in the Bible, in the Word of God. And if you don't feel challenged every now and again coming in here, you know what? Something's not right. Because every now and again, the Bible will challenge you and challenge me in our lifestyle, in our choices. And sometimes we have to say, how can I be the person God wants me to be? How can I find my purpose and don't believe the lie that says, well, if you're just minding children, sure, that's not a grand purpose. Be faithful in a little, and you'll be faithful in much. The book of Proverbs says, a man's gift makes room for himself and brings him before great men. But there's no one greater than the King of Kings. Hallelujah. So, brothers and sisters, there's different ways we can say to the Lord, you know what, I'm going to take another step of faith here and I want to say, Lord, would you use me? Some of you will be able to perhaps volunteer in the church and you haven't done it before. But for others, you'll be able to say, you know what, I am saying here and now, Lord, I want to find my purpose in life. And if your purpose is watching YouTube, hallelujah, may God deliver you from YouTube. Amen. Is that your best friend? Is that the best you can do? We pray here early every Sunday morning and I was sharing how John, the beloved, said to a whole bunch of people, no, they didn't have iPhones back then, smartphones, but what he said was, 
you know what, guys? I really love you. But here I am writing it on paper. But I'd love to say it face to face. That is not a substitute for real life. Real life is face to face. Face to face with God and face to face with one another. Not to spook people, but to encourage one another. And to show a bit of kindness and love to one another. And you know what? One of the best ways we can do that is to help in some way. So in a moment, what we're going to do is we're going to, if anyone is interested, and we're going to ask you to put up your hands later if you are, we're just going to give you a volunteer card and you can fill it out. And honestly, you're not volunteering for the rest of your life, okay? Nobody is signing up forever. What we're saying is, how about you try it out two or three times and see if it suits you, if it's where you're at. If not, you might like to try something else and so on. So this is just to, um, I suppose, try it out, that's all. And you can fill out the card and you can either put it in one of our offering boxes, any of the yellow, uh, grey boxes, or you can hand it to Carl, are you down there somewhere? Carl, there's Carl, will you stand up? You can hand it to Carl, or you can go up to the Connect desk and hand it in. And they'll basically just set you up for two or three occasions where you can try it out. Cork needs churches like this. Hmm. Do you know, when there are so many banks and pharmaceutical companies and IT companies, and they announce they come to Cork, and we all rejoice. Here's another... 300 jobs for Cork, and a lot of them are coming. And that's fantastic economically. But how about we make an announcement? Here's a life-giving church of well over a 1,000 people who are serving the people of Cork in all kinds of ways. The amount of people who come in here, and they know no one, and they see the building, or they see something online. And as soon as they come in, we're told that within the first seven minutes, they make up their mind whether they'll ever come back or not. And why do they make up their mind? Is it because the preacher is great, or the music is great? Not really. Not really. It's because when they come in here, they sense, they feel, they pick up the fact that people here are kind. That people here will show respect and courtesy. And dare I say it, that we love one another. So the next time you're going down the stairs and you push someone aside to get down, think, perhaps that person isn't a Christian and you're the only Christian they've met and you push them aside. Let's go the extra mile in showing kindness and mercy and love to one another. Can I hear a huge amen? amen. That's the atmosphere. We are an alternative community in the city of Cork. And when people are rejoicing with factories and offices and, and uh, banks setting up, how about they rejoice that there's a whole community in the heart of the city that wants to bless the city. The biggest blessing anyone can give to anyone is eternal life. Hallelujah. Do you hear that in Cafe Church? Can you say amen down there? They're very quiet, aren't they, down there? They said amen. So brothers and sisters, we're going to play a song called Take These Hands. I want to let the Holy Spirit impact you. So I'm going to ask everyone in Cafe Church to stand and everyone here to stand. And I want you to consider in Cafe Church in here, have you really found your purpose? Don't sell out. Don't put off tomorrow what you can do today. I want, I'm going to pray and I'm going to ask the leaders in Cafe Church, pray for anyone who hasn't given their life to Jesus. Because until we do that, the rest doesn't work. But we're also going to pray that people here will take a step of faith and go, you know what, I'm going to try and be like David. I'm going to give. Amen. So I hand over to Cafe Church. John and the band, can you play the song? And as we play it, and as we sing it, reflect. Praise God, so many of you are already volunteering, but we're not going to leave those who aren't volunteering feel left out. Here's an opportunity. Let's, let it, let's sing it through once, and then we do the business. Take these hands. I know they're empty, but with you they can. Be used for beauty in your purpose. All I am is 
preciosos Take these feet I know they stumble but you use the weak You use the humble so please use me All I am is yours And I give you all my life I'm letting it go A living sacrifice No longer my own All I am is yours Hallelujah. Could we all close our eyes on and off stage? If you have never surrendered your life to Jesus Christ and invited him to be your leader, your Lord, and your Savior, don't listen to the evil one who'll tell you put it off till tomorrow because that's a lie and it never gets done. And so with every eye in the house closed, every eye, I'm going to invite you. I won't call you up. But if you want to, we're going to pray it publicly, but if you want to acknowledge that's you, you're willing to invite Jesus into your life, would you put up your hand and then take it down again? I see your hand, okay? I see your hand, praise God. I see yours and yours. Okay, I think we have four lads have put up their hands. Hallelujah. Let's all pray together. Many of you have prayed it before. This is the sinner's prayer. We are all sinners who will say amen. That's why we need Jesus to make us clean. So I'm going to pray the prayer. Those four lads who put up their hand, you need to pray this prayer with us. But I'm going to ask everyone in solidarity to say it out loud. And if you fall asleep, I'll kill you. Let's pray it together. This is a powerful prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, forgive me my sin. Wash me clean. I invite you into my heart, into my mind, into my future. I surrender. I ask you to be my leader, my savior, my friend. I give you my life and I want to be your follower. From this morning onwards, in Jesus' name, amen. How about we give those four guys a round of applause? Don't lose the moment. What time are we? It is just after 10 past 11 on Sunday the 20th of October in the year of our Lord, 2019. Here's a promise from the Bible. Your name is now being written in the Lamb's Book of Life in Heaven. Hallelujah! Just like a baby that is born in Ireland, the name is registered in the register of the living and you get a birth certificate. You are born again and your name is recorded in heaven. Please, what you've done here today is deep and profound. Don't let anyone rob it from you. May God protect you. I think I know some of you who've done it. We're here to support you every way we can. And I think the whole church is here to pray and support you. Would anyone say amen? Praise God. How many of us here are willing to try and volunteer in an area? Let me give you a couple of ideas. Our kids' church, which is for our primary school children, we need people to help. That will mean that you will need to just get a guard of vetting. So it may not be for everyone. Also, our tribe youth church could do with some volunteers we have administration security hall monitors ushering coffee welcome we really have so many areas that would be blessed if you joined but even more so and i promise you you would be blessed if you started to give the bible says it's more blessed to give than receive so i'm going to ask if you're willing to try something out if you could put up your hand and our guys are going to give you a card. Can you put up your hand? Who's got cards? 
Okay, can you make your way around? I can see hand here, hands down the back, yeah, hands over here, hands over here. Someone come over here to the extreme left. Guys, anyone else not get one over here, guys, down there? Has everyone got one? There's a hand up down here, didn't get one. That's it, Paddy, thank you. Okay, there was a good few hands went up there. You know what? Do you know what you've just done? You have not bought the lie of putting it off till tomorrow. You have said no. The four guys who asked Jesus into their lives, you have said no. Today is the day of salvation. And those of you who took a card, you said, you know what? I'm going to find my purpose and I'm not going to put it off till tomorrow. You deserve a huge round of applause. Can we give those guys a round of applause? Hallelujah. The local church is the hope of the earth because through the local church, people find Jesus. And when you find Jesus, you find peace and you find salvation, you find healing and blessing. We're gonna sing this through just one more time before we close in prayer. Let's sing it one last time. Take these hands. Take these hands. I know they're empty, but with you they can. Be used for beauty in your perfect plan. All I am is yours. Take these feet. I know they stumble, but you use the weak. You use the humble, so please use me. All I am is yours. I give you all my life. I'm letting it go. A living sacrifice. No longer my own. All I am is yours. All I am is yours. Hallelujah. You lift your hands for a blessing. Anyone want a blessing? Lift your hands. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, as we stand among the people of God, we pray that our week ahead would be blessed. Would you grant us favor in the eyes of men, but above all, favors in the eyes of God? Would you keep our bodies healthy, would you protect our relationships, O oh God? And would you keep our minds focused on you? May this week and nothing week in October be one of the most blessed weeks we've ever had. Holy Spirit, go before us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for coming, every one of you. Coffee and tea are being served upstairs. The band are going to play us out. If you have to go, God bless you. And may the Lord go with you. John.